Good morning. The reading this morning is taken from Mark chapter 8. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the blind man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't go into the village. Thank you. God bless the reading of his precious word. Welcome one and all to our service again. It's wonderful just to welcome you. It's also awesome just to be in the presence of the Lord and even realizing that he's here to touch our lives. He's here to meet with each one of us. It's great to see the Solomon clan here this morning. Huh? Uh, we, we, it's, uh, we, we missed you. And it's good to see you guys. Uh, Lord bless Bless our, our, our precious family as we fellowship together. And then all others, there's, you know, there's quite a few others that we haven't seen. There's Marianne, we're welcome. And uh, it's, we've missed you. And uh, we, we thank the Lord that you are here with us. And then if there's anybody else here that I'm missing out on, yes, uh, we just want to say welcome. One and all. We're part of a family. We're a family. And as a family, we, we, we're there for one another and we su- support one another and uh, pray with one another, and pray for one another, especially during these challenging times that we are facing at this pre- present moment. But be that as it may, we have a word to hear this morning. And the time, as we've been focusing on this theme, there's another side to your story from the Gospel of Mark. We're still there this morning, and we're in chapter 8 this morning, as, you just, uh, as we just read together, and there's another side to your turning point. That's what we're going to focus on here, but before we do so, let's just pray together again and ask the Lord just to reach out to each one of us. Lord, we want to bless you for your word this morning, and we want to bless you for our church family. We want to bless you for each one of their, their, their lives, Lord, and thank you that you've spared them, you've kept them, you've watched over them, Lord, and you've protected them uh, during this time, Lord, and it's been a challenging time for, for many families. For, uh, Lord, in fact, it has been a challenge, Lord, in our own town here in Utenag, it's been a challenge. 27 businesses that have closed down. Lord, that's devastating. But thank you that despite all of this, you are still in charge and you are in control. And this morning, Lord Jesus, we come before you and we give you glory that we have this privilege of being in your presence to worship together as your people, as your chosen people. And Lord, we pray that you will continue with us today and you will use your word to challenge us to see things from your perspective rather than our own individual perspectives. And we pray that you will bless us, Lord, further as you minister to us today. Won't you continue with us, Lord? We pray for those, Lord, who 
would love to be here, but due to circumstances, they're not able to. We pray that you will reach out to them this morning. We pray for David and Elvira. We pray, thank you for Elvira, the Lord, for the improvement that is there. But Lord, thank you also that you are there, encouraging them. Thank you for, for Lord, uh, for Robin and Felicity as well. We pray that you will just watch over them and keep them and be their support at this time. Lord, we think of uh, Althea and their family that have been through so much, Lord. And uh, we just pray that this time you will just be the one coming alongside them, the paracletos, coming alongside them and just, Lord, embracing them with your love. Now, Lord, we come before you, each one of us here individually, we need you. Won't you touch us? We long for you to just embrace us today with your love, Lord. Won't you do that, Lord? And meet with each one of us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, as I said, there's another side to your turning point, another side to your story. The healing of the blind man near Bethsaida is the only recorded miracle Jesus performed. Do you realize that? The only recorded miracle Jesus performed where the healing was incomplete. It's not complete. This man needed a second touch to experience a full restoration of sight. Biblically speaking, Bethsaida was famous. I don't know if you know this. It was a remarkable town of contrasting character and reputation. For example, Bethsaida produced three of Jesus' great disciples. I don't know if you know that. Philip. Andrew and Peter. You can read about it in John chapter 1, verse 44. But the resident's pride was an obstacle, and the Lord rebuked the town instead. In, and that you will read about in Matthew 11, verse 21. Proud Bethsaida was unwilling to welcome the Son of God and honor her own three sons who had been chosen by the living God. Sometimes our surroundings can stop us from meeting with Jesus and receiving his blessing. In Bethsaida, the blind man was surrounded by unrepentant, unbelieving people. If we are struggling with doubts or hindrance, or hindering, should I rather say, issues. We need to be honest with the Lord. He knows us inside out, and He loves us just the same. We cannot fool the Lord. Isn't that true? And this morning, we're going to go to our first point here, which, which speaks about there's another side to your turning point. Your friends can move you closer to or further from the Lord. Your friends can move you closer to or further from the Lord. This story describes a small group that was concerned for their friend. The Bible says the blind man's friends brought him to Jesus. Now I love the verses in Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 10. And it says that two are better than one for they have good return for their labor. But then let's go further. When one falls, the other can pick him up. I like that. 
pity the man or woman who, when he or she falls, has no one to pick them up. That's what it's all about, eh? In terms of friendship and us being brothers and sisters, we ought to be there to pick up one another. Have you been picking up others this morning? People that you need to come alongside and encourage? Friends can also have a negative influence, though, as well, on our lives. Proverbs is full of warnings not to associate with fools who mock God because they will lead you down a path of destruction. Some of our friends will lead us down a path of destruction. And we can see it and we know it, but we don't want to let go of it. Isn't it true? It's amazing. We see the destruction. We see the negative influence, and yet we continue with the negative influence and so forth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, bad company corrupts good character. Can you remember that verse? Bad company corrupts good character. Eh? Herod executed John the Baptist because he was afraid of being considered weak in front of his pagan friends. He wanted to be acknowledged as a, as a powerful guy, you know. So he wanted to prove a point to his friends. There's nothing to prove. You've got to be genuine. If you want to prove anything, be genuine with others. Be concerned about others. Be there for others. You might not um, always agree with everything about them, but we've got to be there for them. Nevertheless, isn't it true? Many of you know of personal stories of people who made bad decisions due in part. Did you hear that word? Keywords. Due in part to the negative influences of others. Remarkably, the blind man from Bethsaida had friends who led their friend closer to Jesus. Do you have friends who push you closer to Christ this morning? Are you a friend who inspires others to follow Christ more closely? Or do you lead others away from Christ this morning? This man had friends who cared about him. Those who could see were concerned about a friend who could not see. Are you concerned about a friend who cannot see this morning? Who's battling going through a tough time, facing so many issues. That's what we learn from these friends here. You know, when I think about verse, verse 23, it speaks about the fact that the Lord took him outside the village, took him by the hand and led him outside the village. Verse 23, the Lord must sometimes take us away from particular places particular people, particular circumstances so that we can meet with him and receive his blessings. And there comes a time in our lives when the Lord will take us away from a situation. And sometimes we don't even realize it because we still want to be there. The Lord comes and he takes us by the hand without us realizing it at times. Sometimes we resist that. But often he will take us away in order to bless us more, in order to encourage us more. Abram had to leave Ur. Can you remember? 
before the Lord started to bless him and he became a blessing to the nations. Lot had to leave a wicked Sodom and Gomorrah or else his life would have been messed up. Isn't it true? Moses had to leave Pharaoh's household to meet with God in the desert at the burning bush. He had to leave the household of Pharaoh in order to experience the presence of greatness, the power of God. The Israelites had to escape the oppression of Egypt. Only when they were out of Egypt did they begin to see and experience the greatness and might of God. Isn't it true? Jonah had to get off the ship. He was in a, on the ship heading in a, another direction, but he had to get off. Unfortunately, when he got up, he got into a huge fish. Isn't it true? But right there in that huge fish, that's where God met with him. No matter where you find yourself, you could be at the lowest point in your life. But right there, the presence of the Lord is real. It's real. And we need to be aware of that constantly. The disciples had to leave their families and their jobs to follow Jesus. Paul had to give up the privileged status of a, being a Pharisee. That was a status, a position of being a Pharisee in those years. He had to give it up. He had to give up that, but look at what happened to him when he put that behind him. The Lord must sometimes take us away from the people, the places, or things that's a hindrance to us so that we can truly meet with Him. I love that about the Lord. He will do everything to, to take us by, on, by our hands and just lead us to where we need to be at this point in time. But then secondly, here this morning, there's another side to your turning point. Do not settle for less than the best. Verses 23b right at 24 there. It puzzles us that Jesus who with one word, one word, could cure this man's blindness, would spit on his eyes in the process of his healing. Jesus spits on his eyes. Now I want to say this to you. Don't you go and spit on a blind man's eyes. Eh? <laughs> that would be very unorthodox and I don't think it would be a good thing. <laughs> but Jesus did it. When Jesus used saliva though, and this, there's a symbolism here that we need to understand. When Jesus used saliva, this was not a magical ritual but the means of helping this man to understand, and I'm sure you have it in your notes, that he was using his life, a portion of himself, to restore this man. Isn't that amazing? When we come alongside others, we deposit a part of who we are, isn't it true? Into their life. That's what happens here. That's the thing about the saliva here. We might say, how is it possible? Why did he do that? Jesus in his sovereignty knew that only he could do that. No man would be able to do what he is able to do with, with our lives. From what follows, the man could see, undoubtedly, isn't it true? But he could not see clearly. 
and it seems that clarity was his desire. Do you see anything? The, the Lord asked him, do you see anything? Jesus was probing to do more for this man when Jesus asked that. He was probing, I want to do more for you. Do you see anything? There's more. There's more, my child. There's more, young man. There's, your, there's more, senior citizen. There's more. <laughs> do you realize there is so much more to see? That's what Jesus was uh, tr trying to say. Do you realize that you do not have to go about seeing and yet not seeing? Do you realize that though you are better, better off than so many others, you can be even more better off? The same is true for you and I this morning, isn't it? As we reflect on how often we become distracted from the ultimate, we need to realize it's because we are consumed with the immediate. How often we are consumed with the immediate and we miss out on the ultimate blessing that Jesus has waiting for us. You see, when our I, me, and my is bigger than it is meant to be, we will struggle to see the Lord and his truth as we should. In other words, we get in the way. How many times have you been getting in the way? of what the Lord is trying to say to you and do in your life. We focus on the immediate while neglecting the ultimate. Verse 24, the important thing here is that the man in verse 24 was completely open and honest with Jesus. The man could see so easily have said nothing. He could so easily have kept quiet about the fact that his sight had only partially returned. Do you realize that? He looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Now that is a nightmare for any optometrist. You can ask Frank <laughs> when somebody <laughs> says, <laughs> like you only see trees. I see people, they look like trees. That man could have kept quiet about his problem. Instead, he was open and told Jesus who already knew all about the problem anyway. He could see, but not too clearly. He could see only shadows of men like trees. He was like those who see the love of God vaguely, not absolutely. Is that how you see the love of the Lord? Vaguely. Not absolutely. Like those who see their future in the Lord, vaguely. Wavering between secure and insecure. Like those who have been touched by the grace of the Lord, who see His calling and purpose in their lives only vaguely. Do you hear that word? Not believing truly what the Lord has called them to do. And it changes according to their moods and also their circumstances. Is that where you are this morning? See, most people would have answered the question, what do you see like this? Just think about it. This is what so many of us would have answered. <laughs> I, I've, I've got to say this. Things are a little, things are a little blurry, but I'm, I will be all right. Isn't that true? 
Things are a little blurry. You ask some, sometimes you ask people, well, things are a little blurry, but I will be all right. Is that, it's not all right if things are a little blurry. Jesus is still asking the same question today. Are things a little blurry in your life? Do you need a fresh touch from the master? What do you see and what are you going to do about it? We all have blind spots, places of weakness, areas of life where we see with blurry vision, parts of life where our development is far from what it should be. But this morning, let's learn from this man to be open with the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I see. This is my life. Confess. Deal with it in order for you to move on. Do not settle for less than the best. The Lord has the best waiting for you and I. Do not settle for less than the best. Hebrews 11 verse 40, one of my favorite verses, speaks of better things ahead for us. In Greek, the word better is compared to strong cables that are secure and able to hold us. Think about the last time you stepped into a lift. Did you, when last did you step into a lift? Probably this weekend you went to Bay West or you went somewhere and you stepped into a lift. Huh? Those cables were strong enough, secure enough to hold you. Isn't that true? You didn't, it was, you didn't even panic. They were secure enough to hold you. Sometimes you felt a, a jerk there, and then you said, hey, what's going on now? <laughs> yeah, I just want to, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you're listening here this morning. Eh? Yeah. But I want to say this year, the Lord is able to hold us. He holds our destinies together. He holds everything together as far as our lives are concerned. We know one of, and another favorite verse of mine, Colossians 1.17. In him all things hold together. Trust him because in him all things hold together, together. Better things are ahead for you and I. Better provision. But think about it, eh? Do not settle for the crumbs. I can almost put it this way. When the Father has invited you to his table, his table of bounty, his table of blessings, his table loaded with benefits, hey? He has the best waiting for us. A better, it also speaks about a better future in Christ. Do not let your past hold you back. Do not settle for less than the best. Submit to the Lord's shaping. He, you know, never alters the robe of righteousness to fit us. You remember there's a verse in the Bible which says he clothes us with his righteousness. Eh? He clothes us with his righteousness. Eh? Have you heard? You know that verse, eh? Now, I want to repeat this again. He never alters the robe of righteousness to fit us. He changes us to fit the robe. It's the other way around. He changes us to fit the robe of righteousness. It's not on my terms, it's on his terms. Eh? Isn't it true? We must come to the Lord just as we are. 
And when we do, he takes us as we are, but he never leaves us that way. Isn't that? It sounds like a cliche, but it's not, you know, but he never leaves us that way, eh? And then in Numbers 32, and there's so much here about uh, the fact that we should not settle for less than the best. In Numbers 32, verses 1, right through to verses 19, you should read, but I'm only referring to up to verses 6 here. The tribes of Reuben and Gad stopped short of what God intended as their destiny. They settled on the wrong side of Jordan for less than the Lord intended for them. Now Jordan, hey Jordan, are you there? Speaks of spiritual death to self. Reuben and Gad were content where they were. And yes, they had livestock, they had enough. That's the thing. And they were comfortable with what they had. But there was better ahead for them if they crossed the Jordan. They were content where they were and they requested not to continue. I ask you this morning, are you content with where you are as his child? Is there anyone here this morning who will say to the Lord, Lord, I know there's something more. I will not settle for less than your best. I pray that we would say that here this morning. And then finally, in the third, a third uh, point, it's still a long point, so you've got to be patiently listening here. See yourself through his eyes. Verse 25. He knows when you are at the water's edge, <laughs> when it seems that there is no way out, he will still step along and come along and part the waters for you and I. But when seeing through his eyes, The impossible becomes possible as we trust Him. See, discernment is a great gift if the Lord is the one opening your eyes. He will make you aware of things and enable you to see things no one else does because He allows you to see with His eyes. Did you hear that? His eyes. He sees things from a higher perspective. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. Isaiah 55, eh? Verses 8 to 9. This was the, the only occasion, as we heard at the beginning, when Jesus healed a person in two stages. Normally, when Jesus worked a miracle, the healing was instantaneous and complete. Sometimes, initially, people only get a touch of Jesus, enough to change their view a little but not enough to enable them to see him clearly. They need a second touch. Did you hear that word? A second touch. I ask you this morning, do you need a second touch and a third and a fourth? Do you need a second touch this morning? This man needed a second touch. They need to go beyond the first touch in their walk with the Lord. Those who give up when trouble and harassment come along. Those weighed down by the worries and deceitfulness of this life. These people need a second touch from Jesus. 
Verse 25 says so beautifully, Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Did you hear that? Clearly. Jesus did not give up on this man's incomplete faith. He needed to fully acknowledge, though, this man, that even though his situation seemed hopeless, where Jesus is, there is no hopelessness and no half healings and no half graces and no obscure blessings and no uncertainties and no unclear direction and no vagueness. When the Lord opens your eyes, you will see what has been there all along and you didn't see it before you will see what the natural eye cannot see. What has overshadowed and clouded your vision, my brother, my sister. And there are three specific things that happens when Jesus opens our eyes. We gain greater spiritual perception. (laughs) Someone said when Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers thought he's so big, We can never kill him. And this is a cliche. You've probably heard this before. But then he said, David looked at the same giant and thought, he's so big, I can't miss. Perceive means to discern, to be aware of your surroundings. How many times have we gotten ourselves into trouble because we did not correctly perceive a person or a situation? We too see only so far, but the Lord sees the bigger picture. Isn't it true? So we've got to trust him and look to him. When he sends us a signal, and I love that, he sends us a signal, it is wise to obey no matter what we may think or know. It's wise to obey him. What's the signal that he's been sending you this morning? What is it that you've got to do? Got to get it right. What is that signal that he's sending you? Then verse 26 says, look at the signal that the Lord gave the, uh, this man here who was blind before. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go into the village. After healing him, Jesus wanted to send him away from the village so that his faith might not be hindered not disturbed by these unbelieving people. The Lord says, not there anymore. There's better somewhere else for you. But not the village. Don't go to that company that corrupted you before. And so many times you want, you can't go back, isn't it true? Can you go back? In fact, you're not even welcome there. They will actually say to you, you're not welcome here anymore. Isn't it true? And... (laughs) That's what happens eh? Don't go there. It will be a hindrance to you. But, uh, but you, gra- you know, your perception becomes greater. You begin to perceive things that you've never perceived before when the Lord opens your eyes. You know, and uh, sometimes we hear people say this and that about us. It's just a perception. I always say that. Just a perception. What's, what does the Lord say about you and I? And then the next one is great to, also great, you gain greater direction. Now in Numbers 22, we find Balaam in an uproar. This man is in, a, is in 
uproar with a donkey. How do you like that? A donkey? He is in uproar with his, and he was not just beating it. Man, I, was, I have to say it this way. He was having a verbal argument with an animal. Yeah. A verbal argument. Eh? But you see, the donkey had seen what, what was on the path ahead and new death awaited Balaam if he continued in the direction he was going. And then the donkey spoke to him and he said, Why are you whooping me like this? I'm using my own words. Hey, what would you do if the donkey speaks to you like that? Hey? I don't know. I don't think I'll be on the back of that donkey any longer. Donkey said, why are you doing this? Finally, the Lord opened his eyes and he saw this angel standing ready with a drawn sword to kill him. You see, brothers and sisters, sometimes we are fighting against the very thing the Lord is trying to use to wake us up from the potential from potential danger. We hit roadblock after roadblock. One door shuts after another. One disappointment after another. And all the Lord is trying to say is, there's potential danger there. I have better for you. Trust me. It might be painful now. It might drain you now. But I'm protecting you from potential danger. And if I, I mean, I can tell you so many stories about us as a family and potential dangers that the Lord has protected us from and warned us about. Sometimes we, we, we stubbornly went ahead and, oh my goodness, the consequences were not too lacquer. <laughs> yeah. But let's always do it God's way and not our own way. And you know, the, oh, the thing here was this. The Lord was giving him a chance to turn around. Using a donkey, God is giving him a chance to turn around. Lord is giving you a chance this morning. Turn around. Wherever you are heading, especially if it's not in the right direction, the Lord is giving you a chance to turn around this morning. Turn around. The Lord has a plan and purpose for each of us and a way that is better than what we can conceive in our own imagination. But we must ask Him to open our eyes and look for His direction. Trust His direction. And then the last thing, and then we threw greater protection. Eh? We gained that as well. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. We know that story of 2 Kings chapter 6. 6 verse 15, where the servant were panicked and said to Elijah, oh, no, we're not going to make it. Look at all those people, the, the, the army there. I want to say this. It may seem as if the whole world is against you or your family. But the Lord's army is greater and far outnumbers the enemy. When you have prayed and prayed and stood in the gap for your children, for your family, and for others, and it looks like the enemy is closing in on them, remember the Lord's army is greater. Greater. 
than your issue, greater than your problem, greater than the best battle that you are facing. We must learn how to grow out of the shadows of our spiritual life into clear sight and vision. Be an Ananias who came alongside blinded new Christian Saul. Can you remember that? Who then became the sighted and dare I say insightful Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 9. Be like this blind man's friends who were so concerned about him that they brought him to Jesus. This brother came to grasp previously untold spiritual truths in Bethsaida. The result has been that multitudes, including you and I, have been enabled to see more clearly. You see, the, pers the perspectives we choose and nurture shape us for better or for worse. We've got to go watch what we focus on. I ask you this morning, in my concluding words, is your life a beautiful pattern of consistently journeying with the Lord? Or is it something different? You are important to Him. Follow Him. Follow His direction. Allow Him to cover and protect you. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will open our eyes to see more clearly what your purposes are for us at this time. And Lord, that we would honor you and remain obedient to you, no matter what the challenges are that we are facing. We worship you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.